Hey everyone, it's Jules. Welcome to this episode of All Things Iceland, which is an Easter edition. And I thought it would be really helpful to go over what you should know if you're planning to visit Iceland during Easter, even if you are not religious. Uh, believe it or not, I will go into that regarding Icelanders and religion because many of them are not religious either, even though this holiday is one where people have off and it's like national holidays and everything in terms of multiple days. But for visitors, this can often end up being a little bit of a frustrating time because there are so many days off and it might affect like grocery stores and things of that nature. But also there are fun things that you can do while here to take part in the Easter tradition in order to celebrate like an Icelander. So I'm just going to go over those things that you should know before you visit just so you can plan accordingly and understand what Easter in Iceland might look like for you. So first, I'll start off with the religion part, just to give you an idea regarding Icelanders and celebrating this holiday, which is very religious for many other cultures around the world. Regarding religion and which group is the largest in Iceland, the Evangelical Lutheran Church of Iceland is by far the largest. There are registered 229,669 people. And this is from a survey that was done in 2021. One thing to keep in mind is that even though a lot of the people are registered, they don't actively take part in religious activities. Well, not ones like going to church on Christmas or Easter, not, the, not all of these people. And what's interesting is that many people, it used to be this way, when you were born, you were immediately registered under the Lutheran Church of Iceland. Now, I believe it's the case that you have the choice to register yourself or not. So out of the 377,000, give or take, you know, a couple hundred here or there, 229,669 are registered Lutheran. So just to give you an idea that some people just kind of happened automatically, but it is something where it still puts this religion as the highest. And after that, it's the Roman Catholic Church, which has 14,658, the Independent Congregation of Reykjavik, which has a little over 10,000, and then other religions from there, like paganism and Buddhist society and, and so on. So just to give you that source of information, knowing that the majority of Icelanders, though, do not actively, like I mentioned, take part in religious things, but they like the benefit of the days off, many of them do, from there being religious holidays. So the national holidays in Iceland that are, of course, taken from religion and relig religious significance are Monday, Thursday, Long Friday. Some people know it as Good Friday. I, I grew up learning it as Good Friday, but in Icelandic, it's Long Friday, Holy Saturday. Of course, there's Easter Sunday. And then there's also Easter Monday, because why not? So this is a five day weekend. And for people who are not in the hospitality sector, so not running like hotels or running bars, restaurants, things of that nature, they all usually have off and they go on vacations. In the past, many people would travel outside of the country, like just take off the week beforehand. So Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, take those days off. But then you would have, of course, Thursday through the next Monday maybe go out of the country. A lot of people 
go north in Iceland in order to go skiing because there's snow usually up there. Right now, for instance, as I am recording this, there's no snow on the ground in Reykjavik. But usually the more north you go, the more snow you can find, especially in March and April, depending on when the Easter holiday falls. So with that, I highly recommend treating this time as winter. Technically, it's spring and spring in Iceland, for those who are not aware, is not blooming flowers or even that much warmer weather. Sometimes it's pretty much longer, brighter days until we get to the 20 four-hour brightness of summertime. So we still can get negative temperatures. It can go to plus 10 or plus 12, which could be something around like 40 degrees, 50 degrees Fahrenheit and fluctuate like that. So it works to have layers and to pack essentials that you would for winter, because even when the temperatures get up to double digits in the plus area of Celsius, the wind chill can still be pretty cold. Like the other day I was out and it was plus 10 and normally that's kind of like summer weather, but the wind chill was so much colder that it felt like it was close to freezing and I had my winter coat on. If you're not sure what to pack, no worries. I have my ultimate packing checklist in the show notes for you to download. It's totally free and it has the seasons, winter and summer, because in essence, the seasons here in Iceland. And you can utilize that for having essentials. And I have things like non-essentials that you can bring that could be good add-ons if you still have room in your suitcase or bag or whatever it is that you're bringing. And this has helped many people. And I'm so glad to hear that just because I put a lot of work into trying to make sure that it has all the essentials in it and give information about each of those seasons. So as you're reading through it, you'll see that there's just, you know, a little bit of helpful insight, and then also pages of checklists for you to go through to make sure that you don't forget anything so that you can be comfortable, warm, and dry as you enjoy Iceland, regardless of when you decide to come. People are often wondering if you can see the Northern Lights during this time, and maybe, and that's the answer to that question, usually any time of winter. In the summertime, it's no. So when we have the 24-hour brightness, it's not the case. But when you come during Easter, if it's in March, that is more of a possibility for you to see it just because we still have darker nights. In April, we're starting to have longer days, but I've definitely seen the Northern Lights in April, so I wouldn't rule it out. The later in April, it gets the less of the chances, as I mentioned regarding just the trend towards more brightness all the time, but you know, keep your eyes peeled. And of course, there's also a link in the show notes at allthingsiceland.com regarding Easter this episode, where you can find veder.is. So V-E-D-U-R dot I-S. There's a link to a certain page there. That's the Aurora forecast where they tell you what the level will be. And it's from one to nine. So if you see a three, that's pretty good. And as you go up from there, it just gets better and better in terms of the possibility for the strength of the Northern Lights and for you to see them. So it's just something to keep in mind because it could be just a nice surprise that you end up seeing them late in the night when we do actually have darkness. Regarding how Icelanders celebrate, as I mentioned, there is a five-day weekend, which is awesome. I always enjoy when this comes up. It's a nice time to relax 
And like I said, they usually go out to the countryside or north or maybe even out of the country. But for those who stay in the country, this is in essence what they're planning to do. So buying Easter eggs, chocolate Easter eggs and of various sizes. So the number four, which I'll have a picture of some of the sizes in the show notes too, if you have to check this out, because first of all, they're bigger than the smallest one is bigger than my hand. And I always enjoy the fact that not only are they made of chocolate, most of them are made of milk chocolate. There are, of course, dark chocolate ones. That's the one I get because it's plant-based. And also this year we ordered a huge plant-based one. I am so excited for this. But just back to why they're special. So they're just large eggs that are hollow. And it's like the way to explain it is basically that you have the shell of a chocolate egg where it has a design on it. So it's a mold that was poured into to make this shell. And then on the inside is stuffed with candy and also a proverb, an Icelandic proverb. It's written in Icelandic. And, you know, it's just kind of something to maybe give you insight. It could be also, I wouldn't say silly, but confusing. And I say that because Icelanders are often confused about what the proverb means or not really sure how to translate it in a way that maybe would make sense for, you know, this time frame because a lot of the proverbs are so old. But if you think of it like the way of a fortune cookie without it telling your future, it's just that kind of idea that you're getting this message inside of your egg. And of course, indulging in chocolate and candy is the Icelandic way. Some of these eggs are made of different candies. So there's popular candies that have licorice. And so the egg itself might have licorice in it, in the milk chocolate. It might have crispy, like rice krispies or this different types. I mean, I think Noe Sirius and Goa, those are the two largest makers of chocolate and these chocolate eggs. They come out with so many different varieties. And like the vegan bollur or vegan cream puffs, where there's like so many varieties of that, Isinger's really kind of go all out with having diversity <laughs> when it comes to chocolate eggs. So this is a huge part is the consumption and of course buying of these eggs. If you're looking for more finer chocolate, some of the bakeries like Molspetsbakeri, they have an expert chocolatier who does an amazing job making more fancier, beautiful eggs and designs that are made from really high quality chocolates that are more expensive, of course, but it's a great gift if you're looking to buy a gift for, you know, someone who maybe has discerning taste regarding Icelandic chocolates. And I, like I said, I mean, I just go to the grocery store. So in Kronan, Hagkoi, Bonus, all of these places that are just regular grocery stores, they have these eggs. So you can find them pretty much everywhere leading up to Easter. And I think it was even as early March where things were starting to be sold. And I don't think it would be an Icelandic holiday without having its own special beer. <laughs> because for those who don't know, beer in Iceland was illegal up until 1989. So a lot of people really just jumped into like making like microbreweries, different beers, and just find, you know, that any holiday is a good holiday for experimenting and putting out beer. So Easter is definitely no exception to that. And I did go out and buy some Easter beers just to kind of see. And over on Instagram and or TikTok or Facebook, if you're following me there, 
I've been putting out a lot of reels about things. So I've also have like a fun one about like how to celebrate Easter Icelandic style. And so you can check that out if you would like to and follow me over there. I do a lot of short videos um, just giving insight about Icelandic culture. And of course, a lot of these things end up being on the podcast just in longer form. But if you want to see some more fun, snappier video formats, feel free to follow me there. Either way, though, Easter beer or Pauska Bjor is something that is just continuing and gaining popularity. For those who don't drink alcohol, and even actually for those who do, people often are drinking Pauska Öl. So this is a drink that's made up of malt drink and apple scene, which is orange soda. And that might sound familiar to you if you have listened to my other episodes about Christmas, because there's Jolöl. And so Icelanders just pretty much put, you know, change out what the holiday is and put it on the drink. And it's essentially the same drink. I mean, there's not much difference, honestly, but it's supposed to be just a holiday drink, if you think of it that way. And for each holiday, they have, you know, putting on Pauska, which means Easter or Yola or whatever. So just keep that in mind. But that's also in stores and a part of Easter dinner, which is a big spread of food. Those who eat meat usually have lamb. And then, of course, like the side dishes, like the caramelized potatoes, the green peas, corn, uh, which is the red cabbage. It's like pickled red cabbage. And then different like other side things, maybe a salad and things of that nature. So this is something where a lot of the traditional holiday foods sound very similar to each other. And I think that's because traditionally people didn't have that much to choose from. But of course, people can always add on as time progresses. And, you know, in modern society, there's different things they like to eat. For instance, I eat a vegan Wellington that I usually get from Yum. And that is from the vegan store, funny enough. So Vegan Buden, which I have another episode about that I will link to if for those who are looking for options that would be great for plant-based eaters and, you know, celebrating this holiday. They definitely have also Easter eggs there that you can buy that are vegan and things of that nature. So lots of things to choose from, but that in essence makes up Easter dinner. And of course, families get together and they eat and then afterwards open up their chocolate Easter eggs and gorge on that and candy. Usually because the Easter eggs, the hollow Easter eggs that are made of chocolate are so big. <laughs> no one, not no one, most people aren't like eating the whole thing in one sitting. You probably would get sick, especially if you have one of the really big ones. So it's over the Easter holiday that people were kind of eating, or at least from Sunday into Monday are eating their Easter egg. And I know that for me, since I'm getting a really large one this year, I'm thinking of melting it down and making chocolate covered bananas with it. Like, yeah, that just sounds amazing. This is, there's nothing to do with Easter in Iceland, but I'm just think, thinking of how else to use this so that the chocolate can go into the freezer and still stay good. And I can also just enjoy my Easter egg for longer. Regarding services, so if you're going to go to the grocery store or you want to buy alcohol, for instance, Vinbuden, which is owned by the government and it's literally the liquor store in Iceland or, you know, alcohol store is probably a better name for it. And it literally means the wine store because that's what was sold in Iceland for a long time, even when beer was illegal. So that store 
is closed starting on that Thursday, Friday, of course, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. So it's five days. So people are usually scrambling on Wednesday. So if they want some Easter beer or just stuff to pick up because they're going to go out of town. So that's also something just for you to make note of. Make sure that you go to the store, the specific alcohol store early before Thursday through Monday of Easter because it will be closed and alcohol is not sold anywhere else. There is a story that I'm going to jump into at some point, meaning have a person come on and talk about it that actually delivers alcohol to people's homes. That's not part of the government. And it's been pretty controversial. And I just find it fascinating that they're able to get away with this. But that's a whole nother story for another day. But for those who are interested, definitely make sure that you're following along because this is turning into quite the battle and actually could end up changing the industry here regarding alcohol in the country. Now for grocery stores, I think it's really important to realize that some grocery stores have limited hours depending on the day. So if you're looking to go to Cronan or Bonus or Hagkoip or Netto, I'll have links to all of those, like their main websites where you can check out the opening hours for the specific days. And you should always do that regardless of the holiday, because there's usually limited hours on holidays. Some of them stay open longer now than they used to, like especially when I moved here. It used to be that some stores just closed on that day and that's it. And that's the truth for many stores, not necessarily grocery stores, but just, you know, many restaurants too might have limited hours. So visiting during this time can be a little frustrating for travelers and tourists if they're not aware of this. For those who are fans of Easter and would like to have something Iceland related that will last you quite a long time. I created, I designed an Easter mug and I put it up on the All Things Iceland merch shop and it is hilariously adorable. So it's a puffin who has on bunny ears and underneath the puffin says Gledelek Pauska, which means happy Easter. And then on the other side, it's that same puffin with the bunny ears, but it says happy Easter in English. So comes in six colors. Feel free to check that out. I'll have a link to it, of course, in the show notes. And you know, if you order it, it will, won't get to you on Easter just because we're so close to it now, but you can have it for next Easter or for just something really cute to have in the house. I think it's adorable. The pink one is my fave just because something about pink and Easter feels like it goes together. There are a couple of festivals to keep in mind if you're a music lover. So in the north, like I mentioned, most people are going north, but this is specifically in the West Fjord. So not just north, but like really, really far north and quite a long drive. A lot of people end up taking a plane. So it's like a 45 minute plane ride to get there. That's quite nice if you plan to do that. And it's called Aldre Foriek Suder. And it means I never went south. And Mukison, who I did interview on the channel and posted that years ago. I mean, I was in Isafjordur, which is the capital of the West Fjords in, I think it was 2020. Wow. Yeah. The summer of 2020, I was there for three weeks studying Icelandic. And one of the people there was like, Hey, if you want to interview Mukison, I know him and that would be no problem. I could just introduce you. And I was like, okay. So she did. And I'm so grateful for that. We had a great time. He was such a lovely individual. We had a fun time chatting so if you are interested in kind of hearing about him, he's an Icelandic music artist who has lovely music. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a big fan. 
And also he created this festival and it's really to, you know, just bring people to the West Fjords. And in the winter, West Fjords can be pretty intense, but it's such a beautiful part of the country. And so many different artists come perform and people just have a great time. So if you're ever planning to do that during Easter, I highly recommend that you give it some thought. Just know though that flights can get canceled pretty easily during this time. Driving might be a little difficult, you know, due to the weather conditions, but both are possible. It's just, you have to be a little bit flexible due to the fact that weather can vary so much here in Iceland. Another festival that is much easier to get to is the Reykjavik Blues Festival. And of course, both of these I will have a link to in the show notes. You can check them out. And while I haven't personally been to either one of the festivals, both of them sound lots of fun, especially if you're into, you know, for the Audrey Foyuxudur, they have a variety of artists, more kind of on the rock type of spectrum, but different people too, not just only that. But of course, Blues Festival is for blues. So if that's something you're really interested in, it's happening in Reykjavik and pretty much accessible to anybody as long as you're in the city at the time. For the Icelandic word or phrase of the episode, I already said Gledalega Pauska. I will say it slower, but I have another one that I'm going to share too. So Gledalega Pauska. Gledalega Pauska which means happy Easter. And the other word, which flows nicely into the random fact of the episode is Förstu dagurin lanke. Förstu dagurin lanke. Förstu dagurin lanke, which means long Friday. And you might've heard me say that before that, of course, people think of it often as Good Friday, but there's a good reason why it's called long Friday in Iceland. And... I'll just jump right into that then. So for the random fact of the episode, Good Friday or Long Friday, as I mentioned, was considered a day of solemn contemplation. So literally it was illegal to have large gatherings to do fun things like play games, drink, gamble. Well, not saying that gambling is necessarily fun, but I think if you, you understand what I'm getting at, like doing things that would in essence take you away from sitting and potentially sulking and thinking, reflecting on what could be, you know, the meaning of life or what happened to Jesus during this time and so on. And literally it was not legal for bars to stay open longer than midnight on Thursday. So like what would be immediately Friday and then on midnight after of going into Saturday, then bars could open back up again. So the Atheist Society, I believe, at some point they used to get together and play dominoes as like a form of protest, if you want to call it that. They were never arrested or fined. <laughs> I don't think you'd be arrested, but maybe fined. And I don't know if this was at least, you know, from people I've spoken to heavily enforced with restaurants and bars and things it is, but meaning like if someone was having a gathering at their house, I'm not so sure if they were being told on by people. <laughs> but in 2019, this law was changed. So it's not really the case like that anymore. So you can have fun on Fridays, but of course you can always take part in solemn contemplation if you want that day, if you want to do it 
is, you know, traditional Icelandic style. Up to you. Before I end off the show, I want to give a special shout out to Finn Wilson, who is a teenager in New Jersey that listens to the All Things Iceland podcast. Just want to say that I appreciate that you listen and that you're a fan of the show. And thank you so much, of course, for listening and supporting. I hope you enjoy the All Things Iceland mug that your mom mentioned she got for you and the visit that you have coming up to Iceland. I believe it's this summer. So have a lovely time. That's what I have for you for this episode in terms of Easter in Iceland. I hope you found it helpful. If you did, I would greatly appreciate it if you share with someone who is interested in at least getting an idea of what Easter in Iceland would be like. And of course, if you're enjoying the podcast overall, you leave a review or rating if that's all you can do regarding leaving some kind of feedback on whatever platform you're listening to this on. It greatly helps other people to kind of learn, especially if you write a review, what the channel is about, how it could be useful to them, how it's been useful for you, entertaining, informational, any of that. It would be greatly appreciated. And I love talking about Iceland and sharing. And so I'm so happy when I'm able to reach new people who've been looking for information like what I share that gives a lot of insight into Icelandic nature, culture, history, and language. As always, Thakathir Lusta og Jamsfrutlega.